This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Maddox is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The football season is coming, and there's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. I just downloaded the FanDuel app a couple of months ago when it became legal in New York, and I have been having a blast with it. You guys know I'm a big boxing guy. I've been trying to make you all rich with some of these picks, but I've been betting on them. I've been hitting, and I've been enjoying my time with the FanDuel Sportsbook app. They have great odds and markets for the NFL and college football futures, the MLB, PGA Tour, tennis, boxing, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. It is America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast, which I know matters to everybody. It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay, and you can discover the most popular SGPs each day right when you log in. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code BOXING so they know I sent you. Promo code BOXING so they know I sent you. This is Boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. And we are back. Sort of back. Boxing with Chris Mannix, part of the Volume Sports Podcast Network. I am officially on vacation this week. This is sort of the one week per year that I try to power down a little bit, but... Always a lot going on in boxing. I wanted to weigh in on a few things on this show before I go back on my vacation for a couple of days. You can hear all my thoughts on Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk in the bonus pod that was posted late last Saturday. Chris Algieri, Corey Erdman joined me for that episode. So scroll back a little bit and watch that one if you want to hear everything about Joshua and Usyk. So I'm going to leave that fight 
alone. Uh, kind of a quiet weekend coming up in the boxing scene. You've got Jose Pedraza against Richard Comey. That's an interesting fight at 140 pounds. Jared Anderson, the uh, impressive young heavyweight. He is back after an eight-month layoff. So something to watch there on ESPN this weekend before September rolls around and we get back into the big fights uh, with a women's fight over in the UK, Clarissa Shields, Savannah Marshall headlining that card. And then the big one, Gennady Golovkin, Canelo Alvarez, part three. Finally, we will get, we hope, a uh, decisive winner in that uh, trilogy of fights. Uh, but I took some questions over on social media. Got some questions from you guys on Twitter. Got some questions on Instagram. So I'm going to run through them right now. Question from Julia08, Julio, sorry, 082. Uh, PBC seems to need a second network for more dates. Will CBS provide more through Paramount? I'm assuming we're talking about Paramount Plus, the streaming service with CBS. Uh, it's true. PBC is going to need another network. If it is going to continue to have the stable of fighters that it has, which has includes some of the best in boxing across multiple weight classes and a lot of lesser known guys that need to get out, they're probably going to need another network. Showtime is going to remain firmly entrenched as PBC's primary broadcaster. Fox... The assumption is that at the end of the year, Fox is getting out, uh, or at least away from this PBC relationship. They really have just been a pay-per-view platform for PBC in 2022, continuing next month, Dandy Ruiz uh, going up against Luis Ortiz. But I I've been hearing some things about Fox staying in a little past the first of the year, maybe having some dates early next year. I think that's kind of a fluid situation. But either way, PBC is going to have to find another broadcast partner, more revenue to put out the kind of fights it needs to put out to keep some of its guys uh, busy. Uh, Paramount, streaming services can be a little bit tricky. Um, you know, you have a streaming service like DAZN, which, you know, generates revenue strictly through basically boxing programming. You're signing up for DAZN largely because you want to watch the fights that DAZN offers. Not so much the case with Paramount Plus and Peacock and any of these other streaming services that have gotten into sports because they offer a lot of other things on their platforms. Um, you're not signing up for Paramount or for Peacock exclusively for the boxing or sports content. You're signing up for a lot of things. Both those streaming services have terrific uh, programming there. And when you are a program that is looking to create revenue off advertising dollars, streaming services are difficult. I mean, Ring City is a good example. Ring City was kind of a promising property that aired on NBC Sports Network before and largely during the throes of the pandemic, but it hasn't had any shows in, what, almost a year now? Close to it, I think, off the top of my head. And I don't think it's coming back because... I don't think NBC Sports Network is gone. It doesn't really have a home on USA, and main network NBC doesn't seem to be, seems to be a non starter for that kind of boxing. So when you go onto a streaming service that isn't uh, monitored by Nielsen ratings, it can be problematic to draw the kind of advertising or sponsorship to keep 
a uh, entity like Ring City or anybody else afloat. So I don't. That's a long way of saying I don't really know where PBC goes once this Fox relationship completely expires. But if Fox is out, it's going to have to find a platform other than Showtime if it intends to keep the same inventory, the same number of fighters on the roster as it has right now. So that's sort of my wide-ranging thoughts on PBC and where it goes from there. Uh, Michael on Instagram, he asks, do you like Zerto versus Bevel more than Buatzi versus Bevel? Unequivocally, yes. Zerto Bevel is a fascinating fight. Zerto's undefeated, but he is still largely untested. He's a former title holder at 168 pounds, but the biggest wins of his career came against one guy, against Jesse Hart. He's undefeated, a lot of knockouts at light heavyweight, but he has not been tested, no matter what it says about the rankings of guys like Dominic Bozel and others that he's had to face. But he's big, he's probably going to weigh 200 plus pounds on fight night, and he is an aggressive come-forward fighter that's going to make Bevel fight. I've been a champion of Joshua Boazzi since the Olympics. Go back. Google. <laughs> Google. It's all, I've written about him. I've talked about him. I love the guy's talent. Um, I don't know that he's ready for Dimitri Bevel. I would love to see Boazzi go forward with this eliminator in the IBF for against John Pascal. I think that's another step-up type opponent for him, another name to put on his resume. And then early next year, uh, put himself in position for one of those world titles. Uh, I, I just think Boazzi versus Bevel right now is just too soon. I think Bevel would be too much for him, whereas I think Zerto has has a decent chance of winning. There's also a lot of bad blood between Bevel and Zerto. I was talking to a member of Bevel's team like a few weeks ago now, and one thing he told me was Bevel wants the Ramirez fight. He doesn't like all the stuff that Ramirez has been talking about him, and he wants to get in there and he wants to to bang it out with him. So when you combine the skill level, the bad blood, I think that is an excellent fight uh, between two top guys at 175 pounds. Uh, Zeke asks, who do you see winning if Usyk versus Fury is to happen? <sighs> I'm not going to bet against Tyson Fury here. Um, Fury, Fury's biggest advantage is that he fights like a big man. And what I mean by that is... Fury uses every inch and every ounce of that six foot nine, two hundred and seventy-five pound-ish frame when he's in the ring with somebody. He will get into clinches and he will lean on you. That's how he slows down opponents. And I've seen this in person for the first time when Fury fought Steve Cunningham in New York, and I've seen it in almost every subsequent fight since. He leans on guys and. Look, not many guys are taller than Deontay Wilder in the ring. Fury's one of them. And he was able to sap the strength of Wilder during their fight by leaning on him. Now, one of the great strengths that Usyk had in two wins over Anthony Joshua was movement. He was able to keep the head movement up, the foot movement up. I don't think he'll be able to move quite as well against Tyson Fury. I think Fury's going to slow him down with those clinches, and I think he'll get to him in the latter stages of the fight. All that being said... This is not a one-sided fight, or at least it shouldn't be. Uh, Usyk is as good as they get. I mean, we're talking undisputed at Cruiserweight, plus a win over Tony Bellew, win over Derek Chisora, two wins over Anthony Joshua. Um, He is 
close to being one of the greats of this generation. I think a win over Tyson Fury will make him one of the greats of this generation. So I think he'll come in with a game plan. Uh, it might be a horrible fight to watch. In fact, it probably will be. I, I can't see that fight being aesthetically pleasing because of the styles of both those guys. But it's for Undisputed, and I'm all about seeing a fight for Undisputed. Um, and I give Usyk a chance. Uh, I think he'll have a good strategy. He'll come in. But ultimately, I think Fury is going to be too much for him. Uh, Ryan asks, do you anticipate Triple G retiring, win or lose, after the trilogy fight? Uh, if he wins, no. If he wins, I think there'll be a pile of money for him to face Canelo Alvarez in a fourth fight, which would kind of officially be the rubber match because there was a draw the first time, he lost the second time. If uh, Gennady Golov came up with a win in this third fight, you know, the, there'll be a lot of loot in it for him to face uh, Canelo at some point next year. If he loses, I don't know, he's 40 years old. I don't see him dropping back down to 160 to defend his titles against some of the mandatories that are out there for him. Like, I know the WBA is saying that Erislandy Lara and Golovkin have to fight for that full belt. Does anyone really think Golovkin's going to fight Erislandy Lara? Like, I don't see him getting up for that. Um, could he campaign more at 168? Maybe, but is he going to fight a David Benavidez, a Caleb Plant? for short money or shorter money considerably than what he's going to get to fight uh, Canelo. I don't know. This this certainly feels like Gennady Golovkin's last stand. Now, he may have a deeper passion for boxing than I'm giving him credit for at this point. He may want to go on and face those middleweights I talked about, campaign at super middleweights, seek a title, any title in a second weight class. These are all possibilities, but if I was a betting man, I would say that um, that a loss ends the career of Gennady Golovkin. A win uh, extends it at least one more fight. Uh, Juancito asks, why do fighters, promoters, and journalists still tolerate four governing bodies? There should be one. Hey, you're preaching the choir on that one. I, I don't mind the four sanctioning bodies being out there. I mind how they operate. I mind... How the WBA, even though WBA, I should give them credit, they've gotten better in the last year. They've eliminated those interim titles. They're starting to consolidate. I really like that they stuck to their guns and gave Zerto Ramirez this opportunity to fight Dimitri Bivol. He has won two eliminators now to get in this position. He deserved this chance. I'm glad they didn't grant the exception that was sought by Matchroom to make Buatsi against Bivol. But the WBA is still... Yeah, they're still out there. WBC, I mean, they're they're okay, I guess. The BO. IBF is the only one I kind of, I probably like them the most because they tend to follow their rules or do follow their rules. If you get an opportunity to fight for an IBF title as a mandatory, you're going to get your title shot. That's why when I look at welterweight, Boots Ennis, if he keeps winning, he's going to get that title shot. He's number one in the IBF. He will get that shot probably first half of next year to face uh, Errol Spence or maybe fight for a vacant belt defense if Spence moves up and elects uh, not to fight him at that point. So uh, we just tolerate them because they're there. Um, but at least for me, I try to point out as often as possible when, you know, they're acting in a uh, deceitful or, you know, a way that hurts the sport. Like, uh, you know, when they when they were doing all with all their stuff with, 
these titles and having too many of them. I tried to call that out, and others have as well. So I think the key is to keep calling out the corruption, the incompetence, and you know, maybe you can shame them and shame these sanctioning bodies into acting uh, like, like real sanctioning bodies. Uh, Muthina asks, have you given up on Charlo Andrade? Who should Andrade face next? Somebody else asked me on Twitter if uh, Andrade could have done anything differently with his career to put himself in a better position. You can always say that, looking back, that Andrade could have or should have signed with PBC when he had the opportunity. There was a couple of years ago, Andrade had an off from Showtime, which included a fight against Jamal Charlo. He elected to re-sign with Matchroom. Can't fault him for that. He has made seven figures in every fight that he's had with Matchroom. His last fight with Jason Quigley, that came at a reduced rate from his usual uh, contracted fee, but it was still well over seven figures for that fight. So he's made a lot of money, and you're in this business to make a lot of money. You know, Andre will go down as the most avoided fighter of this era. It's true. Um, it's it's really impossible for me to believe that we're here four years after Andrade won his title uh, against Walter Kautendakwa, and he has yet to have a major fight. This is a guy who is American. He is uh, a title holder. He's got money behind him. He talks a lot of trash. Like, there's, it's remarkable to me that we're here with Demetrius Andrade, but it is what it is at this point. I think he's probably right to move up to super middleweight. I think this fight against Zach Parker is the right forum there to get it be a, uh, to become the interim champion at 168 pounds. It might be a while before he gets a shot at the full title if it's still held by Canelo Alvarez next year, but being in that position interim champion that creates some other possibilities. The thing that worries me though is that Andrade by not signing with PBC is putting himself in the same position he was at 160 pounds, where he's probably not going to get a shot at David Benavidez. He's probably not going to get a shot at Caleb Plant. He's probably not going to get a shot again at Jamal Charlo. So these things worry me about Andrade. And he's in his mid-30s now. He's still fighting at a high level, but that's right around the time most guys start to slow down in their careers. So I do have my concerns about just uh, if and when Demetrius Andrade is going to get that opportunity. It's, it's, it's disappointing. I mean, I've championed... Andrade for many years now. I've pushed relentlessly so for Charlo Andrade over the years. But um, I think that's one of those fights that's going to go down as a fight that uh, nobody is ever, ever going to ultimately see. Uh, last thing I'm going to ask about somebody. I had a couple of questions about Jake Paul. Is Jake Paul for real? When is Jake Paul going to fight a real boxer? I mean, Jake's tried to fight a real boxer. He signed to fight Tommy Fury. That's a real boxer. He signed to fight Asim Rockman Jr. That's a real boxer. I mean, Tommy Fury's pulled out of two fights with Jake Paul. Asim Rockman can say whatever he wants. His promoter called uh, Jake's promotional outfit and said, my guy can't make 200 pounds. He can't even make 205 pounds. What are you supposed to do? Jake has fought largely around 190 as a professional. He's moving up 10 pounds. Was willing to move up 15 pounds. To fight the guy? I mean, how big do you want him to get? I just, I think if, in the case of Asim Rockman Jr., if you sign a contract to fight at a certain weight, you're expected to get to a certain weight. It's kind of as simple as that, at least for me. And he wasn't able to do that. Now, Jake has said he's going to fight again in October. It sounds like he's going to fight a guy uh, with a real record. 
Uh, I don't know who that's going to be. I've assumed that Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. is a prime candidate to face Jake Paul because he's an ex-champion who we hope wouldn't have a problem making 190 in that fight. So that has some potential. He was just also beat by Anderson Silva uh, just a couple of years ago. So he's vulnerable, that's for sure. I also still like the fact that you know, the idea of him fighting Sergio Mora, but you can go back and listen to previous podcasts to uh, <laughs> to hear my take on that. So that's a, look, Jake Paul is never going to be a world champion. I think it's laughable that the WBC would even float the idea of sanctioning him or, or giving him a rating. For what? He's yet to even beat anyone that you would characterize as a full-time boxer. He's beaten, you know, Nate Robinson. He's beaten the YouTube guy. He's beaten, you know, Tyron Woodley twice. I, I like what he's doing. And as Jake Paul has risen, so have the fighters around him. Um, you know, we, Amanda Serrano is a bigger name because of Jake Paul. Uh, Montana Love is a bigger name because of Jake Paul. I was disappointed Brandon Lee didn't get on Jake Paul's undercard because I'm a fan of Brandon Lee, who, by the way, just this past weekend overcame a hellacious knockdown to come back and win a decision against Will Madera in his fight. So I would have liked to see Brandon Lee get that exposure. Hopefully he will in future fights. I think he's been good for boxing. I've long had that position. So I don't think he'll win a world championship. I think the idea of him fighting Canelo is still a pipe dream. But if he wants to take on a guy with a middling record and prove that he can beat a real boxer, good for him. If he wants to go out and fight Nate Diaz, which will make a ton of money, fight Conor McGregor, which will make a ton of money, it's his prerogative. People are still watching and networks are still willing to pay uh, money for him to go and do that, guarantees for him to go and do that. So I like Jake Paul. I like what he's doing for boxing and I hope he stays with it uh, for at least a little while longer. All right, that's all I got this week. Be back next week, full podcast. Got a couple things in the hopper, doing some tapings early next week as we get into the throws of the boxing schedule. Should be a terrific fall. Look forward to talking to you about that and much more here on the podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have my first car. And... As long as it keeps running, and so far so good, I intend to have that car probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now, it does require some upkeep, and that's why I'm grateful for a place like eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED lights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll kick off week one with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code BOXING to get in on the action. Then you can turn game day into payday all season long. You can bet on win totals, division winners, Super Bowl winners, player props, all of it. Week one spreads and totals is just no limit to what you can do. Play your way and bet on more than just the final score. Wager on everything from touchdowns to total yards to catches. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code BOXING. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. That's it for this week's episode. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.